Welcome to Caffeinated Thoughts Radio, a stimulating look at culture, current events, faith, and politics from a Christian and conservative point of view. We don't just talk on the radio, we blog too. Check us out at caffeinatedthoughts.com. Now grab a cup of coffee and join us. This is Caffeinated Thoughts Radio. And welcome to Caffeinated Thoughts Radio. Caffeinated Thoughts Radio is brought to you in part by Northside Cafe in Winterset. Just a short drive from Des Moines. Go check out Winterset's oldest cafe located right on the Courthouse Square. Mention Caffeinated Thoughts and you'll get a free crisp for dessert. So they have like blueberry crisp and apple crisp and... This is a fantastic deal. They got a burger, the Monument Burger, that's pretty good. So I am always looking for a great burger. So if you ever find yourself in Winterset, Northside North Cafe is on the north side of the Courthouse Square. Hey, great name, great location. Yep, yep, definitely. So, so where were you when the, the storms hit this week? Uh, I was sitting in this radio studio right here, as a matter of fact. We were uh, live on the air kind of when things hit Urbandale, uh, when the the hail and the rain and all that hit the studios. Uh, we were on the air with FaithWorks Live. and uh... So what happens during a tornado if you're live on, uh, on the air here in the top floor <laughs> of a building? That's right. We are high up. We just bravery kicks in. That's okay. where we, we man up this and we is, just hang on. You were so dedicated. We were. Regardless of tornadoes right. or whatnot. That's right. I, I was I was up in uh, um, Sioux Center speaking at a, a, a political thing on Tuesday on Tuesday night. Yeah. Yeah, it had been Tuesday night. And then uh, Wednesday was in Spencer and then was driving in northwest Iowa. Was driving back. It seemed like I was following the bad weather. Oh, my goodness. And my wife you know, texted me as I was about ready to get to Des Moines metro area when i wasn't driving folks i wasn't texting while driving i just wanted to make that clear that's right um said hey you know where are you at and i said i'm you know about ready to to head into the Moines metro area and she's like well you know we got you know storms i was already getting my weather app i was getting notifications about uh tornado watch and severe thunderstorm warnings like well there there's tornadoes on the ground right and i'm thinking and i keep on following behind the storm and i got all the way home and I mean, it rained a little bit when I was driving by Ankeny. Otherwise, I experienced nothing it, it's all amazing. day long. It's amazing, you know that right. kind of a that kind of a severe weather. It's so there's so much inactivity around it. Yes, you know what I mean. Um, it was amazing how dry certain sp- spots were in the metro. Right. It seems like in pl- where I live, the storm the bad the bad stuff when the storm system comes through oh, it seems to always go to the north or always to the south. <laughs> we rarely experience it, but a tornado touchdown. In uh, Pleasantville, which is right. uh, probably, I'd say, maybe half an hour from my house. Um, so quite a ways away. Uh, have, you know, having grown up, you, you grew up in Texas, right? Yes. You just, okay. Have you seen a tornado? We have, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I I have not. I grew up in Iowa, and I have not seen a tornado. Well, you know, it's rumors. That's what that's what I've always been told. So I don't think rumors. they... So if you don't see it, does it really exist? No, no I'm kidding. <laughs> there's um, no pictures on Facebook. There's, yeah. Picture doesn't happen, right? That's right. Um, I, I, I've seen a water spout when I lived for a brief time in Miami off of Biscayne Bay, and I have to tell you, it was fairly unimpressive. Uh, really? Matter of fact, there was I was I was a youth pastor at the time, and I was watching uh, a couple kids played in this uh, uh, Christian school's football team, and I was watching their practice. Right. And I'm looking... And just maybe maybe a mile away, this water spout comes down, and they keep practicing. And I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) 
you Hello. know, apparently these things don't come up on land very often, so they're not worried about it. But I'm just like, this is a little odd, right? You know, um, but I've never actually witnessed. I've been in tornado warnings, obviously. Sure. But I would love is I don't know if this is strange. No, it probably isn't strange because it's a growing thing now. Right. With storm chasing, I want to see a tornado far enough away sure. where I'm out of debris and it's heading away from me. Right. But close enough where I can actually hear it and and feel kind of the wind, um, you know, and have the experience and obviously get some good picks. <laughs> otherwise, it didn't happen. Otherwise, it didn't happen. Uh, yeah. But, you know, I just, I, I, just, that's on my bucket list, I guess. Hey, you know, there are enough storm chasers in Iowa. I'm sure they'd take you with you. Probably. So if, if right one of you are listening, hey, you know, let, let me know if you're going out sometime. I might come with you. So. Yeah, you can go to caffeinatedthoughts.com and connect with Shane. Absolutely. So we've got a special guest in the line, and we're not going to talk about tornadoes. Uh, you know, I'm, sure, I'm, sure, I'm sure he's fascinated by that subject. Uh, Chris Jacobs is the founder of the Juniper Research Group. Um, senior, he's also senior healthcare policy analyst for the Texas Public Policy Foundation. Hey, welcome to Caffeinated Thoughts Radio, Chris. Great to be with you. So, I just have a question for you to start off. I was reading through the Senate health care bill, and repeal isn't suddenly spelled amend, is it? Uh, last I checked, no. Okay. All right. So, so this is this this bill. If I understand, you know, understand this bill is not a repeal, correct? Correct. In fact, on, on the Texas Public Policy Foundation website, we put up a top ten list of of the ways that the bill is a fake repeal. Okay. Uh, we've heard a lot about fake news in recent recent months. Um, this is a fake repeal. It leaves some of the Obamacare taxes in place. It leaves the Medicaid expansion in place. It leaves the Obamacare subsidies in place. In some ways, it actually expands the Obamacare Medicare subsidy, um, Obamacare insurance subsidies, and it also uh, includes new bailout funds for health. All that money at the problem. The Congressional Budget Office said that premiums will go up by an additional 20% next year. Um, if, if, so if you like uh, premium increases and you're a conservative member of Congress and you want to run on premium increases in, in the 2018 elections, then this bill is the perfect bill for you. Oh, gosh. So how is this bill different than the House version? Uh, it actually includes more, more subsidies, uh, richer subsidies than, than the House bill. Uh, and it includes a different type of waiver program um, that doesn't. Both of the both of the waiver programs, both in both the House and the Senate bill, do not get at the at all of the Obamacare regulations, and both of them basically leave Obamacare as the default regulation for all fifty states, unless and until a state opts out of it. So, the, uh, in so, some, so they're allowing states to opt out out of some of the regulations for some period of time. Um, the, the, at, at Texas Public Policy Foundation, we believe that the Tenth Amendment allows states um, to, to have flexibility. The flexibility should not be Obamacare as the default unless you opt out. If states wanted to create more insurance regulations, they have the ability to do that before Obamacare. Mm -hmm. New York and New Jersey were perfect examples. They... They wrecked their insurance markets, but they didn't need any help from Washington to do it. And right. if states want to do that, let them do that. But well, the idea should be to repeal all the regulations and then let states, if they want to opt back in, let them opt back in. 
Okay, so they're they're going going through the reconciliation process rather than trying to to pass a bill. Why do you think that is? Uh, primarily, it's a, it's a question of votes and numbers of votes. Uh, you need sixty senators to overcome a filibuster under ordinary procedures in in the United States Senate. And the budget reconciliation process allows you to do that with 51 votes instead of 60. Okay, so I, I didn't realize that you didn't have to, you couldn't do a filibuster on a conference report. Okay. Um, so, do you, basically, I know conservatives are up in arms. I'm, I'm up in arms because it's like the Republicans have campaigned for years on, hey, we're going to repeal Obamacare. Is, Obamacare, is an Obamacare repeal realistic? Well, it should be. It was two years ago. Okay. Majorities in both the House and the Senate sent a, 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 a large repeal of Obamacare, most of the major portions of Obamacare, to President Obama's desk. The problem is that a lot of moderate members, both in the House and the Senate, thought that was make-believe and didn't actually believe it. And now the, when President Trump is there in the Oval Office waiting to sign a repeal bill, they don't want to send him that repeal. Hey, you're listening to Captain Thoughts Radio, and on the line I've got Chris Jacobs, who's the founder of the Juniper Research Group and senior healthcare policy analyst for Texas Pu- Public Policy Foundation in Austin. Um, in, I, one thing I've noticed, and I've talked with other guests before, as we've talked about healthcare reform, is that nobody's really seen, nobody's really talking about both Republicans as, and as well as Democrats when they when they passed Obamacare. There, everybody's talking about health insurance, but nobody's really talking about what to do to bring down the cost of health care. What do you think can be done that that would be palatable, that all well, that be realistic as well as uh, um, fiscally responsible and, frankly, conservative? Sure, and that's very true. Uh, of course, Barack Obama in 2008 told his plan that saying he would cut your health care premiums by $2,500. Um, now, if that's happened to you, and if you believe that's happened, I've got some land I want to sell you. Um, that hasn't happened. And so we need to drive down the, the, the cost of health care and of health insurance. I think by repealing all of the Obamacare regulations, we can help drive down health insurance premiums. But then there are all other ways also to drive down underlying health care costs. And some of those are additional health, health savings account incentives. Uh, incentives for wellness, participating in healthy behaviors, um, liability reform done at the state level, not at the federal level, mm-hmm. um, to, to crack down on defensive medicine practices. Those are some of the ways that you can reform the, the health care system to lower the underlying health care costs. Okay. Now, um, why, why isn't it that, you know, one of the, one of the big ideas that, that was discussed by Republicans prior to, uh, well, Prior to this bill, and and probably even prior to Obamacare, was is bring making sure that health care could be purchased across state lines. Why aren't mm-hmm. they? Why aren't they doing that? I think in this case, it's it's a function of the budget reconciliation process. Okay, um, that there that there are some limits on that. Um, that because it's it's budget reconciliation, and you want to preserve the legislative filibuster, um, that only budgetary provisions that have a non-incidental budgetary impact can go in the budget reconciliation package. And so the parliamentarian advises members on what is and is not incidental 
has an incidental budgetary impact versus being a strict policy change. And I think that's that's one of the reasons why it's not included in the budget reconciliation bill. Okay. Um, you know, you've read through this bill. You've read through the House version. We, we've talked about what we, <laughs> we don't necessarily like about it. Are there some things that you could say, hey, this is good? Well, we certainly think that giving states more flexibility on, on Medicaid is, is, is a good thing. Um, you want to make sure that states have flexibility to manage their Medicaid programs. Um, we've seen some positive examples in states like Rhode Island where you can actually lower costs by driving better care uh, and improving care and providing care where, where beneficiaries need it um, at home rather than in, in a nursing home, which is more expensive. Um, those kind of steps are, are certainly helpful. But overall, I think the, the bill provides maintains too much of the architecture of Obamacare. Okay. Well, and so far, I, mean, it's, I know it's dead on arrival for at least five senators. we got uh, uh, Senator Rand uh, Paul and, and uh, Ben Sass and Ted Cruz and, and um, Mike Lee, as well as Ron Johnson, uh, have all said, you know, <laughs> we, can't, we can't support this. Uh, Democrats are obviously lined up against it because, well, according to Bernie Sanders, thousands will die. Uh, if this is passed, as is, do you think? What, what do you think this has much of a chance to to make it through the Senate? Well, hopefully, it gets modified significantly. And of course, President Trump called. It came out on Friday morning saying that that we should repeal first and then replace. Right. Um, and that that was the plan all along earlier in the year. Uh, and I think it would go back to the legislation that. A majority of senators and a majority of House members passed and voted for in 2015. Add some of the repeal of the rec- of the uh, insurance regulations, and then go back and, and continue debate on on a replacement. That's certainly a, a good legislative path forward. Okay, yeah, uh, I, I certainly think it it offer up uh, an opportunity to have a cleaner bill, probably if they do that. So. Uh, one thing that seems to be maybe a, a bugaboo for Republicans, but I think it's going to be hard to, to let go of, is, is pre-existing conditions. Is that something that you think Republicans politically um, could can can actually you know undo uh, without some without uh, uh, experiencing uh, some pain at the at the ballot box? Well, it, this is a naughty dilemma, frankly, because. If you end up saying, well, I, I want to keep Obamacare's pre-existing condition restrictions in place, then you have to keep the architecture of the law. You can't just keep one or two of the regulations. Really, it, it, it's an all-or-nothing kind of binary choice. And so if you keep all the regulations, then you have to keep the subsidies in there to subsidize the premium because the premium, uh, premiums go up and you, you, people can't afford premiums otherwise. And then you need the tax increases to pay for the subsidy. So the, the better solution, frankly, is to go in the method of, of high-risk pools mm-hmm. uh, and, and provide separate, clear taxpayer funding rather than socializing the cost of the pre-existing conditions through regulations that everybody has to pay higher premiums for. We got about a minute left, and I just want to you you put out a, a fantastic email. I think almost on a daily basis. How, how can people learn more about you know getting that email and and more about the uh, Juniper Research Group as well as as well as the Texas Public Policy Foundation? Sure, feel feel free. I'm at juniperresearchgroup.com. Folks can can look me up or 
sign up for emails. Uh, my Twitter feed is at ChrisJacobsHC. And then the Texas Public Policy Foundation is texaspolicy.com or at TPPF. Uh, and we have more information there as well. Excellent. So um, I appreciate you you know, coming on and talking about this. This is a, a uh, uh, great and very important topic and something I, I think we'll be continuing to come back to. And hopefully, you know, we'll probably have you back on down the road as well. Um, anyway, folks, if you if you missed some of that interview, uh, be sure to check out our podcast at caffeinatedthoughts.com. We offer all the archives of our show. Uh, um, in, in all of its glory, the good, the bad, and the ugly, all on caffeinatedthoughts.com. Click on the CT radio link. It's all right there. Hey, this is Shane Vanderhart. We'll be back in a moment. Hi, this is Brian Myers of Myers & Associates. If you're involved in maintenance at a manufacturing plant, you know how costly it can be when a machine goes down. And if the reason that machine went down is because the electronic controls on it failed, it can really be problematic if those electronics are obsolete. Well, not to worry. We represent Providence Industrial Electronics Repair, and they can get your machine up and running in no time. They repair boards, drives, servo motors, light curtains, you name it. So if you need industrial electronics repaired at your plant, or if you have other industrial maintenance needs, give me a call at 515-490-2640. That's Myers & Associates, 515-490-2640. Myers & Associates, keeping your operations running. just want to let this play we've got the coolest bumper music it's unfortunately going to fade out just about yes, now sorry yes. about that no sorry no problem that. hey this cat but welcome back to caffeinate thoughts radio caffeinate thoughts radio is only possible through the generosity of our sponsors be sure to check out travis risvold of modern woodman of america call travis at 515-883-0029 and he can help you find the life insurance you need as well as uh we're sponsored as well by crosswalk ministries with scott owen who offers biblical counseling and conciliation contact him at 515-635-5465 or crosswalkcounseling.org big week for the supreme court it was their last week of their term Um, i think they want to say they resumed back in october for oral arguments. Gotcha. I mean, they do other things. I Obviously, I don't think they, you know, get vacation until October. Maybe they do. I don't know. I've never been uh, on the Supreme Court, so right. I don't know. Yes, yeah. and um, But I don't know how cushy a job it is. But it was a big week, regardless. So, sure. Uh, the first thing was they, they came down with a decision that a lot of folks were watching. It uh, has religious liberty uh, implications. Uh, Trinity Lutheran Church of Columbia... The corner, uh, corner is Mr. Corner of the, he was the head of the, or is the head of the Missouri Department of Natural Resources, 
basically to kind of give you a, a recap of what this was about was in 2012 the uh, Missouri Department of Natural Resources rejected Trinity Lutheran Church's lo- uh, which is uh, located in Columbia Missouri their participation in the state's scrap tire program uh, the church has a, a preschool and a daycare program that applied uh, to this the scrap tire program to in order to replace their pea gravel surface with surface made from recycled tires. Oh, sure, I've seen so, that. Yeah, and, and apparently their application, um, they scored it, and it had a high score, and they should have been able to receive the grant uh, because I think they I think they offered 15 grants, and the church's application came in number five. Um, I think that's right anyway. Uh, if somebody correct me if I'm wrong on that. But they, uh, the, the Department of of natural resources says we can't give this to you because we, in the Missouri constitution, it doesn't allow us to f- provide public funds for religious organizations or churches. Um, article one, section seven of the Missouri constitution states that no money shall ever be taken for the public treasury directly or indirectly in aid of any church sect or denomination of religion or in aid of any priest, preacher, minister, or teacher thereof, as such, and no preference shall be given to or nor any discrimination made against any church sect or creed or of religion or any form of religious faith or worship. So the public um, money section, that's what's called a Blaine Amendment. This Blaine and Blaine Amendments are, are, are pretty pervasive in a number of state constitutions, um, as well as, you know, in, in some state laws. So a lot of people were kind of watching this case because they were interested to see how this might impact school choice. Uh, because the Blaine Amendment, uh, especially if you're talking about school vouchers, the Blaine Amendment, Amendment has been a, a roadblock right. in, in a lot of cases for that. Now, uh, Iowa has, has a Blaine Amendment language as well, um, but they've been able to get kind of around that a little bit because, um, for instance, we have um, a, tax, a tu- tuition or what we call school tuition organization tax credit. So you're donating to a school you know, tuition organization and the state of Iowa then gives you a tax credit. So they're giving you a tax credit. They're not giving money directly to a religious organization, but your donation to the STO helps provide scholarships for needy students to go to private schools. So that's one way they've gotten around it. Uh, education savings accounts technically could uh, could be also um, avoid Blaine Amendment trip-ups because, again, it's money to parents. And then there's a whole um, cafeteria of things that a parent could decide, at least in language I've seen with education savings accounts, uh, they could choose from to use that money for. Um, so it'd be kind of like it, they would they'd be given kind of like I don't I don't know if it would be in reimbursement form or if they're given kind of like a credit card. Right. Um, I, I think states have done it different ways that have ESAs. But anyway, people were watching to see if this was going to uh, impact that. I don't think so. I, I think the ruling was narrow enough that um, basically it impacts if a church or a religious organization applies for a grant for something that is that is a public function or has a secular purpose like a playground they can't be discriminated against 
based solely based on the fact that they're a church. Or so, a so let me ask you an ignorant question. Um, so did the uh, DNR in Missouri end up giving the uh, material, the um, the recycled tire bits to the preschool or no? No. They no. did not. Okay, no. they denied access they to denied it. They denied access to it. Okay. So anyway, some encouraging things, though, is, is we got a, a peak um, to see, we got a, a peek to see what uh, J- uh, Justice Neil Gorsuch is going to be like. Uh, okay. It was a very good week, and I think we got some good signs that he's going to be a very good Supreme Court justice. Um, he and, and Thomas disagreed with the majority. They agreed with the majority opinion. Uh, it was like a 7-2 decision, except for footnote 3 that reads, this case involves express discrimination based on religious identity, with respect to playground resurfacing, we do not address religious uses of funding or other forms of discrimination. So both he and Clarence Thomas disagreed with that. He um, uh, he wrote, this case involves religious express discrimination based on religious identity with respect to playground surfacing. We do, oh, uh, we do not address religious uses of funding or other forms of, uh, of discrimination, Gorsuch wrote in his own opinion. He explained that he did not support footnote three because while it was true, it stated it leaves open the possibility of a useful distinction might be drawn between laws and that discriminate on the basis of religious status and religious use. He said, I harbor doubts about the stability of such a line. Does a religious man say grace before dinner or does a man begin his meal in a religious manner? Is it a religious group that built the playground or did the, the group, a group build the playground so it might be used to advance a, a religious mission? He added, I don't see why the First Amendment's free exercise clause should care. After all, that clause guarantees the free exercise of religion, not the right to inward belief for status or status. Um, so he also writes that to the extent some might read footnote three applies only with playground resurfacing cases or only those with some association with children's health and safety or perhaps some other social good we find sufficiently worthy. He he um, he cannot join in the footnote. Such reading, he writes, would be unreasonable for our cases are governed by general principles rather than ad hoc improvis- uh, improvisations. So basically, he's saying it wasn't. It's not the ruling was could have been that footnote need to be taken out so the ruling could be a little more broadly applied. In does that make sense? Uh, maybe, 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 yeah. maybe, maybe I just made it as clear as mud. Well, and, and that's, that was, a, that's a lot of stuff. So the, the, the ruling said that they were not going to give public money to this playground essentially because it's a church playground. Correct. The, well, the, 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 uh, Missouri natural uh, department of natural resources decided that. Yeah. And Supreme court said, you can't do that. Ah, so it was a good ruling. But it was a very narrow ruling, so don't don't think okay. Well, this is you know going to open the floodgates for school voucher programs and things like that because you right now you can't necessarily. I see. At least I would hope a Christian school school couldn't say, "Well, our education is secular in, in nature." Right. Sure. Sure. <laughs> you know. Gotcha. Um, I don't think they could legitimately say that. So, um, so don't. I. 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 In that way, I think it. It, it's narrow enough that it doesn't totally eliminate Blaine Amendment language. So it didn't rule Blaine Amendment language totally unconstitutional. But for this purpose of grants for things that have secular purpose, so like, for you know, playgrounds um, and things like that, you know, the states can't discriminate according right. to the Supreme Court. So 
Um, that was one big ruling. Another uh, ruling would be, or not ruling, actually, they made a decision that they would hear Masterpiece Cake Shop v. Colorado Commission on Civil Rights. That's going to be a huge case to watch for next term. I can't believe we're still having cases over cake making. It's, well, it's, it's, this will decide, this will decide basically, um, the, the question it's going to basically answer for us, how they decide this. Will Christian florists, bakers, photographers, and facility owners be compelled to provide services for same-sex wedding ceremonies? So, uh, that's the question the Supreme Court will answer next term when they, when they, with this, they decide to hear this case, um, just so if you're not familiar with this case, I'd, I wish I was able to bring on somebody from Alliance Defending Freedom. Uh, they represented Trinity Lutheran Church, and they represent uh, Jack Phillips, who's the owner of Master Peak, uh, Master, Master Peak, Masterpiece uh, Cake Shop. I assume CaffeinatedThoughts.com, if, we, if, if listeners go to your website, uh, they'll be able to read more articles probably later in the week about right. this. Well, right. Well, we've actually already written uh, a couple articles on this, so if you go click on... It's actually already off the front page. You got to click on U.S. politics at the top. Yeah, uh, U.S. politics, and then also one articles in in current events. Uh, you can you can read up on both of these. But basically, uh, Jake Phillips said he politely refused to make a wedding cake for D- Charles Craig and David Mullins, who had planned to marry in Massachusetts, but then have a reception in their home state of Colorado because this was obviously before the Supreme Court ruling on um, on, on same sex marriage. Uh, the state's court of appeals affirmed a Colorado civil rights commission decision from May. Uh, the or, the decision ordered Phillips and his employees to create cakes that celebrate same sex ceremonies, and then they required Phillips get this to comply with Colorado's anti discrimination act by re educating his staff, which includes members of his own family, in filing quarterly compliance reports for two years. So that this is huge. If if this goes in our favor, that is a huge win for religious liberty. And I want to make it very abundantly clear that cases like this is not they're not about discrimination. They're about they're about not compelling us to violate our religious expression. Jack Phillips, um the Kleins in, in Oregon and other people who've experienced this um uh, Gort's house, you know, that closed in, in, in Grimes, they have, they had homosexual customers. They were turning people away. What they said is, we don't want to endorse this practice that we believe violates scripture. And we don't want to be drawn into that, having, you know, having to participate in that. Right, because you're with. There's a difference between making a cake or a brownie or a muffin or or something like that uh, for anyone, for a homosexual person or anything like that. There's a there's another level here when you're asking someone to participate in a celebration, which is Absolutely. what a wedding cake is. A wedding is something other than just an event. It is a celebration of a union between two individuals. And when you're asking a baker to make a cake. Joining in the celebration of a homosexual union, you're asking them to participate in something they may not want to participate in. It's not a discriminate. It's not an issue of I won't serve you food or you're not welcome here. Right. It's I'm not going to stand with you and celebrate the thing you're doing. Absolutely. Right. It's like right. I if I don't want to celebrate July Fourth, if I don't want to go to a fireworks show, I shouldn't be compelled to have to go 
sit and watch a fireworks show. And the government shouldn't have any right to compel me to do that. Of course, in Iowa, that might be right next door. <laughs> at, at, at this point, now, yes. They were already in popping the, unless you Unless you, you certain cities that like ban them you know, completely, which state law still allows them to do. Right. But, well, it's going to be wild this weekend, so I'm sure yeah. there's some going off even this we, morning. We plan on you know, you know, getting some and, and firing some. Oh, it's going to be fantastic. Right. I'm sure many people will. And I'm pretty sure I won't blow my fingers off. So. We're about 30 seconds out from the break. And by the way, you can, uh, I'm Chris Roloff. Shane Vanderhart is in the studio, the host of this program. He is so humble that he doesn't like saying his own name. I don't. I get that. I get that. (laughs) So, but you can learn all about Shane. You can see pictures of his beautiful face at caffeinatedthoughts.com. You know, this broadcast is also on Facebook Live uh, when we do it, when we record it. Shane, what do we got coming up next? Uh, We're going to talk about, let's see. Oh, gosh. Got a. Uh, counting courthouses, should guns be allowed? Ooh. Iowa Supreme Court says no. Let's talk next. Hi, this is Brian Myers. When I needed a better life insurance plan, I found it with Travis Rizvold of Modern Woodman of America. When I first met Travis, he wasn't like some other life insurance agents that can be pushy and try to get you to buy something. Travis just made himself available to me. That was it. He told me to let him know if and when I needed anything, and he stayed in touch. When the day came and I did need to make some changes with my life insurance, Travis met with me and walked me through several options so I could make an informed decision. Ultimately, it was the best decision for my situation. So if you need a better or the best life insurance plan for you, call my friend Travis Rizvold with Modern Woodman. His number is 515-883-0029. Travis Rizvold with Modern Woodman. He can help you find the life insurance you need. Call him at 515-883-0029. Every human being has God-given dignity. That's what we believe at American Principles Project. We work in all 50 states and in Washington, D.C. to promote life, religious freedom, local control over education, economic progress for working Americans, and a return to the constitutional principles that make America great. Want to help us out? Visit our website today and sign up for email updates, AmericanPrinciplesProject.org. That's AmericanPrinciplesProject.org. Welcome to Caffeinated Thoughts Radio, a stimulating look at culture, current events, faith, and politics from a Christian and conservative point of view. We don't just talk on the radio, we blog, too. Check us out at CaffeinatedThoughts.com. Now grab a cup of coffee and join us. This is Caffeinated Thoughts Radio. And welcome back to Caffeinated Thoughts Radio. This show is sponsored in part by American Principles Project, a conservative political think tank in Washington, D.C. American Principles Project believes that human dignity should be at the heart of public policy. They work in all 50 states and in Washington, D.C. to promote life, religious freedom, local control over education, authentic economic progress for working Americans, and a return to constitutional principles such as federalism. Want to help American Principles Project? Visit their website today, AmericanPrinciplesProject.org. That's American Principles, P-L-E-S, Project.org. Sign up for email updates, send a small donation their way, help them out. They're a great group, and full disclosure, uh, their group I've worked with since 2010. So um, so I can vouch for their great group. I, I mainly deal with, um, work with their education policy and, and uh, write a lot of stuff for TruthAmericanEducation.com and uh, as well, I've had some stuff published in other publications on their behalf as well. So, um, 
This is, by the way, Caffeinated Thoughts. Thoughts Radio, yes. And I'm Shane Vanderhart. Thank you. In case, for reminding me to let people know who I am. Well, you are the brains behind the operation. See, I don't know as much as you do, but I'm happy to uh, chime in and let folks know how they can get in contact with the show. A couple of kind of technical show notes. One of the fun things about CaffeinatedThoughts.com is it's a great place to get uh, news and information on lots of things that aren't regularly covered. So CaffeinatedThoughts.com is a great website to go to. And also, this broadcast you're listening to right now on Saturday or on uh, uh, Sunday evening as well. Um, I believe. No. No, not anymore. Saturday evening. Saturday was, evening. That's yeah, right. Saturday. 6 p.m. So Saturday morning, 8 a.m. and 6 p.m. on Saturday. So if you're listening now on a Saturday, thanks. But you can also watch this live broadcast on Facebook Live, Caffeinated Thoughts Facebook page, yeah. uh, and interact And there. we usually start about 10.10-ish, usually between 10.10 and 10.15. Absolutely. So on, on Friday morning. Just a little vain plug for me, but we've got news you can use. Yes. First thing I want to talk about is... Uh, uh, basically, this came out, of, oh gosh, maybe a little over a week ago. The Iowa Supreme Court uh, issued a su- supervisory order uh, banning weapons from courthouses. Uh, Chief Justice Mark Cady wrote, under Article 5, Section 4 of the Iowa Constitution, the Iowa Supreme Court is vested with the power to exercise supervisory and administrative control over Iowa's district courts. With all power comes responsibility. With the power to supervise and administer courts comes the responsibility to promote safety in courthouses and court facilities. Accordingly, under our constitutional authority and responsibility to supervise and administer Iowa's district courts, the Supreme Court now orders that all weapons are prohibited from courtrooms, court-controlled spaces, and public areas of courthouses and other justice centers occupied by the court system. So, um, this is kind of in direct conflict with um, House File 517, which goes into effect on July 1st. When you hear this, if you're listening on the radio, you'll hear the same day. Basically, the new law explicitly states, a political subdivision of the state shall not enact an ordinance regulating ownership, possession, legal transfer, lawful transportation, registration, or licensing of firearms, when the ownership, possession, transfer, or transportation is otherwise lawful under the laws of the state, an ordinance regulating firearms in violation of the section existing on or after April 5, uh, uh, 1990, is void. Um, so, you know, if, and if a state, if a political subdivision like a county ignores this, they can actually be opened up to lawsuits. Um, here's the thing. Okay. In some instances, the Iowa Supreme Court is right. If the courthouse is like completely court controlled, like for instance, Polk County, um, no, there are no county. I don't think there are any county offices that use uh, Polk County's courthouse. I think it's all court. I, I think they have the authority to do what they did because, well. They do, the Constitution does give them authority to do that. However, however, I mean, on the other hand, Polk County could say not in the public areas, which is basically everything outside of office space and courtroom space. Um, I don't, I, I, I don't foresee Polk County changing that for the Justice Center or for the courthouse. Um, however, in smaller rural counties, the courts only 
control a small part of uh, of of the building. A lot of county offices are located in in those buildings. Um, I understand the tension this creates um, because, well, frankly, criminals go to court, <laughs> and and you you do want to you do want to keep people safe, and you do you don't want certain people to have weapons in 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 the courthouse i get that um especially in the courtroom uh however you got this tension here counties own the buildings the supreme court does not own the buildings the ju- the judicial branch they don't own the buildings um so to say that the public areas in these courthouses can't you know have to be gun free. I think they overstepped. Um, mm. And frankly, too, here's here's another thing at play. The Iowa legislature just passed a law saying counties can't have a ban like this. The Iowa Supreme Court is trying to overrule that outside outside of areas beyond. I think their direct control. Okay, I don't think anybody's disputing that they can't. They can don't have the authority to say you can't have guns in the courtroom. I think they do have the authority to say that. But they make the supervisory order. There's no lawsuit before them. I don't know where they have the legal or constitutional authority to overrule the Iowa legislature when no one's brought suit. The this, Iowa, is the, this is what we call the legislating from the bench, right? This right. Is them this is, a, this is a prime example of that. Now, Woodbury County... Um, uh, up in, in Sioux City, or Sioux City is the county seat of Woodbury County. Right. The board of supervisors voted three to one to lift. They had a they had a courthouse gun ban from since 2014. They're lifting that ban, um, uh, and they're gonna they're gonna actually uh, um, they they passed a motion. They they need to pass an ordinance or a resolution later, kind of dictating what that looks like um, because they're gonna they're kicking it to their uh, a committee to to hash that out, but it has to be in the spirit of the motion. Right. So they they can't just say, "Oh, gun ban, blanket gun ban in the courthouse." No, it'd be probably more like court controlled areas. Yes, county offices and things, public areas. No, uh, Madison County did something similar. They passed uh, the board of supervisors said we're allowing you know we're lifting the gun ban in everything except where the court you know the courts meet. Right. Um. Now, obviously, somebody can sue and then bring the challenge to the Supreme Court. And obviously, I think we know kind of how they're going to rule. But it's here. You know, I on one hand, I struggle with this because on one hand, I get I get why you want to have a gun ban. I think if they're going to have a gun ban in a county courthouse or any any public facility um, in, in respect for the Second Amendment, you should at very least offer lockers for concealed carry people so they can deposit their handguns before they go through the security instead of making them who knows how far they have to walk into the building. You know what I'm saying? Um, and, and outside courthouses can be kind of dangerous places. I know in Polk County, there's been several, a couple different shootings outside the courthouse. Um, so you're leaving people who have a legal right, a constitutional right to carry arms having to go from their 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 um, um, vehicle to the courthouse however far away that is so a, a good compromise you know 
might be, hey, let's offer these lockers. Because I, I, I think there's not much with with the security you know that we have in the in the uh, in the courtrooms. I don't think personally I feel unsafe there because I, I know there's security, but. Yeah, I guess we did take up the whole time on this. Look at that. It's a fun topic. There's it a is. lot to talk about. Yeah, there. there is a lot to talk about. And I'm sure we'll continue to talk about this because I'm sure it's going to be a pretty big deal. Hey, this is Caffeine Thoughts Radio with Shane Banner. We'll be back in a moment. I'm sorry if what I said offended you, but you made me mad. Can we just forget this and move on? I'm Scott Owen with Crosswalk Ministries of Central Iowa, and it's time to pause for peace. Apologies are critical to conflict. They can either open the gate to a path of forgiveness or slam you into the ditch of bitterness. An apology like the one in our opener can cause damage because it does not request a change of relationship, but rather places the blame on the recipient and sidesteps the issue. There is no indication that the person really sees his own contribution to the problem, and no hope is given for change. A true apology communicates understanding, remorse, and a commitment to change. An excellent guideline is Peacemaker Ministries' seven A's of an apology. You can find the seven A's at our website, crosswalkcounseling.org. Or to get coaching for your big apology, call us at 515-635-5465. That's 515-635-5465. Hey, we appreciate all you listen. Please don't forget to check us out at caffeinatedthoughts.com. Don't forget to like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Caff Thoughts, C-A-F-F Thoughts on Twitter. That's also our the last part of our URL on Facebook. You can find us that way as well. Appreciate you guys um, listening in and as well as reading. Uh, we, if Basically, we've we've already alluded to several times during the show uh, we got a whole plethora of, you could hit up all the archives of all our shows, all the different news we've covered. You can read there. You could also sign up for a daily email. Um, so you'll never miss a, a single update. I do happen to say your t-shirt today says in small print, your ideas are intriguing to me and I wish to subscribe to your newsletter. And uh, Absolutely. It's, it's very true for those who are watching on Facebook Live. They can see that. Radio folks had to have me read that. But yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. CaffeinatedThoughts.com, uh, one, one of the best sites for news you can use. Thanks. And, hey, due to the incredible sheer volume of material we have available because the leader of the free world loves Twitter, today we're once again ending the show with the top Trump tweet of the week, brought to you by Myers & Associates, serving the Midwest with industrial maintenance products and services. Call them at 515-795-3676, Myers & Associates, keeping your operations running. So without further ado, the top Trump tweet of the week. On June 29th, that would have been Thursday, I think. No, yep. yeah, Thursday. That's Thursday. At yep. 7.52 a.m., I heard poorly rated at Morning Joe, that's Joe Scarborough, Speaks badly of me. Don't watch anymore. Then how come low IQ, crazy Micah, that's uh, Micah, um, oh gosh, Brisnevic or something like that. She's she's uh, Joe Scarborough's co-host and also oh, fiance. On the Morning Joe on Show. On the Morning Joe yeah. Show. Okay. 
on MSNBC. Anyway, so, so how, then how come low IQ Crazy Mike along with Psycho Joe came? And then part two of the tweet came at 7.58. Um, two, I don't know why it took him six minutes to write this. Anyway, <laughs> that's interesting. Uh, two Mar-a-Lago, three nights, in a, three nights around New Year's Eve and insisted on joining me. She was bleeding badly from a facelift. I said no. So, I and then um, is it just me or is it kind of seem like belligerent nonsense? It's belligerent nonsense, yes, okay, and I don't know what you. he. I, it's kind of creepy this thing he's got with blood and women. That is to say the least. Um, so, I am not a fan of Joe Scarborough. I think he's kind of a loudmouth. Uh, I don't really know Mike. I don't watch the show. I don't watch MSNBC. I don't watch cable news really because we don't have cable at home. There you go. Uh, I, I I read some of these webs their websites, sure. but I don't really you know. And maybe if they got video excerpts, I'll watch occasionally. Uh, but I, I'm not into the show. And I know I know Joe Scarborough as well as uh, uh, Micah. Uh, whatever her name is, um, have have they they've said some nasty comments about Donald Trump before right. in the past. So, but here's the thing: their morning news hosts in a show that's frankly poorly rated because it's MN, MSNBC. Sure, sure. And they got some of the worst ratings of all you know news networks. Um, and the, and but Donald Trump is president of the United States, so. I know it's it, it's hard to change. This is kind of who he is, but I I am praying for the day that he will actually live up to being in the office and respect the office and act like he's president of the United States. Now it's a good thing to hope for. I have no problem with Twitter as far as you know. I I think it's kind of I like I I follow several you know. Uh, Senators and congressmen on Twitter. Um, ben Sass, at bensass.com. Great. But he's got a... This was totally inappropriate. Anyway, hey, that went fast. This is Caffeinated Thoughts <laughs> Radio. Thank you for listening. I'll catch you next week. Don't forget to go to caffeinatedthoughts.com in the meantime. Take care, everybody. <laughs>